Nathan, thank you for being with us today and sharing your experience with CHS, cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. Can you describe what your life was like prior to developing CHS? Well, my life prior to developing CHS, I started using uh, for fun, just here and there type of use. It was fun. I would use it to feel a little bit better physically, not so much on the mental side. Everything was okay on that end. It was just, you know, I was very athletic, body would be hurting. So I thought, hey, why not? You know, let's use this. It'll make you feel better. And I tried it once, you know, it was all right. And then I came back to it. And at that point, I started using it more often, maybe like every other day type of deal. And at the time, it wasn't um, something that was affecting me or my life that I knew of at least. And then it started to turn into an everyday type of use because it was fun, you know. Friends were doing it, so why, I mean, why shouldn't I? So I started using it as well, more often, more frequently. It was fun, like I said, but other things started to show otherwise. So was it just really normalized in your group of friends? Like, was the view of using marijuana products just, as no big deal, it's kind of like a thing we do when we're growing up and it really won't hurt you? Or what was your view on that? Yeah, so within the group, it was like a fad, you know, it was what was in, so to say, you know, everybody, even outside my friend group, a lot of people were using it and you see a lot more videos on it and saying how it's not harmful and it's good for you. And so within my group, yeah, it was very normalized. We we did it on occasions at like parties or hanging out to have fun, but you know, um, it was, a normalized thing, but we didn't necessarily know what we were putting into our bodies and the damage that it was causing to us for long-term effects. And what types of products were you using? Were you mostly using vapes or were there different kind of marijuana products you were using? Yeah, I started off just with normal marijuana, you know, uh, started off with that and then it went into more like the vaporizers because it was easier more accessible and easier to hide and for a cheaper price. But with that, you also had no idea what was in them and what extra chemicals that they had in them. And when you're at that point, you don't really think about that stuff because why would you? You're having fun, so to say, you know, and um, these are some things that you don't take into consideration when you are using that stuff and you're progressing to more, I would say, intense ways of using marijuana. And did you feel like you were developing an addiction? Because you you described just kind of using it occasionally and then using it on a daily basis. Did you feel like you were developing addiction or a dependence on it? You know, maybe deep down inside I did. When I was always thinking about it, I would always make sure that I didn't feel that way. And I never necessarily felt that way, but there were signs that were showing otherwise when on my free time, I would just start doing it. Even if I wasn't doing anything, wasn't anywhere with my friends, like it started to be a constant thing where I would do it on any free time for the most part, you know, and I wouldn't really catch myself like in the act doing and be like, no, no, it's fine. Like I'm not doing anything anyway. It's just coming up with kind of excuses of what or justifying why I could be using it. 
Can you describe the the symptoms you started experiencing? Yeah, the first time I can remember experiencing uh, symptoms, I just got off work and I just had a hit of my vaporizer and I kind of got a very massive headache to start with and I didn't really think anything of it. And then I started, uh, my stomach started to have a great pain. Um, I just remember it being very uncomfortable and very unsettling. And um, I also got like an abdomen, like abdomen pain. So like my abdomen felt like it was very stressed and it was like uh, flexing and like uh, almost having like a spasm, so to say. And it just became very uncomfortable to just try to sit still. Like I would have to be constantly moving around, trying to find ways to counteract it, so to say. And did it last a long time? No, you know, I ended up um, going to the hospital because I just had no idea what was going on. Never like heard of anything like this, you know. So I ended up going to the hospital for the night and, um, you know, that was, that was a very bad experience for me because I was just in so much stress and so much pain experiencing those symptoms. Like I explained that just major abdomen pain and stress that it was giving me. Um, I was given some medication to calm me down, you know, and so at that point, the, that experience, I ended up getting discharged, going home. And then I started, I was just around somebody that was doing it the next day, but I didn't necessarily do it myself, but I was around it in this, like, you know, the smoke in the vicinity and I believe that it triggered again some things that ended up happening. And so I ended up going back to the hospital again. And then the first time I forgot to say that the doctors weren't sure what it was. So they weren't sure. They didn't really hear of anything that contained marijuana. So they just suggested that I stay away from it and not use it. And so the second time I went back to the hospital, they were very sure and very, um, yeah, they were just very sure that it was because of marijuana. They did some blood work on me to see like what the deal was. And they found a lot of THC in my blood work and they asked about how frequent I use it. And I explained to them every day at that point, it was every day, you know, a couple of times a day. And so with that whole analysis from the doctors, they, um, we're just hearing about CHS and they explained to me what it was and how it affects you and what happens if you're around it, smelling the, you know, aroma of the smoke or um, even using it and what can happen. And with that, um, the lasting effects, I, it took me about, I would say, two to two and a half weeks to fully recover of just nonstop vomiting, just con that constant stomach stomach pain, ab pain, abdomen pain, with that stress clenching on my abdomen, and I was, you know, I was just in bed for the whole two and a half weeks. I lost like sixty five pounds. I was two hundred ten pounds, and then I went at the very end of it when I was all better. I was. 
160 pounds or so, 165 pounds. So the amount of weight and the amount of vomiting and violent vomiting that I had at first, it was just throwing up my food. Then it turned into a little bit of blood and a little bit of just whatever I had left in my stomach. And even when everything was out, then it just turned into dry heaving. And it was something that I've never experienced before and that I would learn from that. And it was just something that I never wanted to experience again with the, with the high risk that it gives you with the little, little reward or escape, so to say that it gives you. And it's just not totally, it's just not worth it at all to go through that because of how much it disables you and not allow, doesn't allow you to go to a job and can have you lose your job, not be around family and how much it affects your family because you're not taking care of yourself by yourself at all. It's your mom, your dad, or your guardians that are around you taking care of you and having to watch you go through that. It's really hard and you don't realize how hard it is for your family until after, after it. I, I just, I, I can't even imagine. Sounds like with CHS, it's toxic and it's a poison. You, you talked about not even using, but being exposed to it with your friends using and still experiencing the symptoms. And we have more people speaking up about that, but I've yeah. actually never used consumed cannabis products or marijuana products themselves and, and have developed CHS symptoms too. So thank you for clarifying that. And can I ask how old you are? I'm 20. You're 20. And how long ago did this happen? Um, a year. A year. A and, year ago. And has it been hard on you to stay away from marijuana? You know, um, for the first couple of months after it, following it, it wasn't because it's that constant reminder of what you went through and the experiences that your family saw you go through and all the pain that you went through. So in the beginning, it wasn't um, maybe a couple more months after that, there's maybe a little temptation because it's like, Oh, it's like, it's, it's gone by, you know, maybe we can just do a little bit now and can like, you know, just very controlled situation, just do it here and there. But you know, the temptation will definitely be there for people because it was there for me, but it's just, you know, having the communication with your loved ones, whether it's um, your spouses, your uh, parents, and who, or just whoever is impacted on your life and is there for you, just to talk it out and just have them remind you if you don't remind yourself of just what you went through. And if you do do that again, you're going to go through it again very shortly. Did, did you lose friends over this that are still like currently using marijuana? Um, you know, I did not lose friends, but maybe a better word is I've not hung out with them as much because they are still using it a lot. And, you know, you hang out with them to use it together, you know. And so with that, you know, you lose connection and you don't see them as much because their priorities, so to say, are more... Um, marijuana based and so when they hang out they're like oh so are we gonna we gonna smoke you know are we gonna do this we're gonna do that like no I just kind of wanted to hang out so that they kind of lose interest if you're not interested in 
what they, what they want to do, so to say. Um, do some of your friends, are they in denial about what happened to you? Do they understand what happened to you? Uh, I would say they're not in denial. I'd say that they do understand and they do very much so feel for me and respect my decision to not use it anymore. And they understand completely why I would not want to. And, you know, I definitely spread my awareness and experience to them. Not because it's, I went through that, so you should know about it, but it's because I care about them. So I want them to know, you know, that they need to be informed about what they're putting into their body and what I went through because I didn't know. And just because I abused it. That's, that's awesome. In the beginning, when this was happening to you, did you have any denial that marijuana was the cause of, of your symptoms? A hundred percent. I, I tried to find, I was trying to think of anything else that it would be because I was just so far into using it. You know, I was just, I didn't want to stop. So to say, I told myself eventually that I was going to for my career path and who knows if I would have or wouldn't have stopped. But yeah, it, the denial was a hundred percent there. And I was trying to find any other reason for it and for my symptoms because I also just had never heard about it, you know, and it was something that wasn't out there and it wasn't necessarily happening to people that I knew. So it was like, Oh, there's no way that it's that it's gotta be something genetically or something that I just got a, a bad batch or, you know, something like that. But yeah, the denial was definitely present. Thanks for admitting that. I, I think a lot of, not just the people that are using it, but sometimes family members are in denial too, and or they're, mm-hmm. they're just not informed. Why did you agree to do this interview with me? You know, I really have learned something from my experience of just using it before CHS and what happened to me because of CHS. And so I want to just spread awareness and communicate my experience to people that are using it because it is real and people might say, Oh, you're, you can't be allergic or you don't have like CHS is kind of thing. Like you can't be prone to that from marijuana use, but because those are the things I was thinking until I experienced it. And then right then and there it was, no, this is real. And this needs to be communicated more to people my age or just to anybody using uh, marijuana. Awesome. And and what is your message to your peers and the general public when it comes to marijuana and CHS? Well, I would say if first, if you haven't done it, you won't like it. So just don't try it the first time. And if you have done it before and do it, however much you do it, I would say to really cut down and stop. And if you do not have a legitimate reason of using it, such as a brain damage like glaucoma, which you probably do not have, I would say just to stop using it altogether because nothing really good comes out of using it. Yeah, it sounds like a, ho- a horrible experience and I'm so glad you're okay. Lisa, could you describe what your life was like watching your son um, develop CHS and what he went through? And- um, I think it, it was tough because we didn't know a lot about that. We didn't even know that existed. So 
as he was going through it, of course, he's not going to be completely honest because, you know, the disappointment in telling your parents that you're doing something that you've been taught not to do and, and all of that. So, you know, um, and at that time he's 18. So when we would seek medical um, help, we weren't allowed to know what was going on. Um, so as the symptoms became worse and worse, I started doing some research and I had other people that were kind of enlightening me on, hey, do, does your son smoke? And I'm like, yeah, maybe he's sick from that. Like, and I'm like, what? And as soon as I put in his symptoms, immediately that came up on the internet. And I knew right then and there exactly what it was because there, it's, there's unique symptoms. There are unique symptoms that um, is not confused with really anything else you've ever heard of. So I knew right then and there what it was. So once we did know, um, you know, we were able to try to at least move forward a little bit with how do we help. And that was just tough because really how you help is watching them go through it. There is no help. There was no medication that helped. There was, you're literally, his body had to just, I don't know if it's just a process of getting rid of it, but it took us, like he said, about two weeks, and that is no drinking, no eating, nothing. Anytime he took a sip of water, it didn't stay down. The constant sh hot showers, that right there is such a sign. The hot showers and, um, you know, trying to use Benadryl to, to calm him down. Um, and the constant trips back and forth to the ER and not knowing what the next day was. I mean, there's nothing they could do for him. And they kept sending him home. They would rehydrate him and send him home. And literally the hot showers and the throwing up. And you just don't know what's going to happen. You're scared to death of what's going to happen to him. It's just, it's, I think I'm a little traumatized from it. Um, I know he was. Our whole family was traumatized from it. Just the experience of never seeing anything like that. Thank you for sharing that. I think people don't realize the the trauma that comes from all this and the, just the horrific experience. They think, oh, they're just throwing up. And it's like, no, they're constantly throwing up. They're in constant pain. Um, they're getting dehydrated mm -hmm. and there's no relief. And, and it's, it's, it's horrible. I, I, I sat in the ER with a young man all day long one day and he, he was there in the ER getting fluids for seven days straight. And um, he ended up getting down really thin and finally asked for help. He was very addicted to marijuana and he was in denial many times. I think he had to be hospitalized 11 times. You know, they always say, you know, drugs just don't affect the user. They affect the family and, and actually the community around them too. Lisa, were you in denial in the beginning too that marijuana could cause this? Or? Um, no, because I just know, I mean... You know, being raised, I mean, I was young in the 80s, so I kind of know what we used to do when we were young. Um, and I know how today is very different. And I know that I've read about the high levels of THC and all of the different things that they put in it now that is very different. So I had no denial whatsoever because I, I know what kind of pressures our kids are up against out there. And I know how normalized it's become. So I had no denial whatsoever. And, and I've, I feel like I'm, you know, raised a couple kids. So I kind of understand what viruses are like. And this was unlike anything that I have ever experienced, symptom-wise. 
Yeah, it doesn't come in our parenting booklets, does it? No. <laughs> our parenting classes, we when this happens to our, our kids. And so um, great job to you being such a strong support for your son. And is your family or, or any of your friends in denial about this? Or do you, do you share closely what happened? Or do you keep this kind of to yourselves? I mean, for me, it's, um, I do keep it close to myself. I mean, I do share with close friends. Um, our close family friends do know. Um, I think it's, again, I mean, they believe you, but not knowing anyone who's gone through it but us, um, I still think it's kind of like, really? Or you're just the rare one? Or, um, you know, in which, you know, we've talked with many people and that's not the case. Um, you know, some of our children's hospitals are seeing cases here as well as our ER. We have a friend that is a doctor that has seen numerous cases of this. And so, you know, it, while it may not be um, everyone experiences this, I think a whole lot of people are and I think they're going to continue to. Yeah, it's it's it is more common than we know, and I know it's the number one reason why people end up in the ER in the state of Colorado with marijuana related issues. And and I thought it was quite interesting, Nathan, when you talked about like a panic attack you were experiencing that first time. Um, you know that that can be very common. The anxiety is just so prevalent because you're just in a panic because you don't know. I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Um, but it's been described that you just don't know what's happening to your body. And it's just so scary and traumatic. Um, exactly. Did they, did they talk about that you might be experiencing psychosis or was it just really high anxiety? Um, if anything, it was just very high anxiety. You know, that's how I was feeling as well. Like it was just, I was just very anxious. Couldn't just couldn't sit still. Just didn't know what was happening to my body. So yeah, definitely just, high anxiety for sure. Do you have other friends that have experienced CHS or any adverse effects to marijuana? Um, I have not, luckily. Lisa, what is what is your message to other parents or family members that see their loved ones going through this? I think the first step is awareness for everyone from parents to doctors to the ERs, all of that, because um, that was a frustrating part is people not sure what it was and you feel helpless. Um, I think just when we were seeking medical advice and we were lucky that the doctors didn't know what it was. And I feel like if they hadn't known what it was, we, you know, would have really been struggling, but, um, the big message is just knowing that this exists for everyone, parents, doctors, um, teachers, mentors, coaches. I mean, because it's something you can't hide um, once you develop CHS and it can ruin the start of a young person's life. They're going to college, they're going to school, they're just starting out on their life. So um, it's just, it's crushing, you know? And um, I just, the message is, is just letting people know it exists, period. And then how did you know, like, did you know when he was getting too dehydrated that you needed to go back to the ER and get more fluids or what made you decide when that moment was right to take him back again? 
Um, I think when he got to the point where he's like, I can't do this. Like, I, I can't, mom. This is like, you know. So then we were like, okay, we try to do the ice chips. So we would periodically go back to the ER maybe every couple of days to when he felt like he just couldn't cope on his own anymore. Um, you know, then they would try to give him certain medications that didn't really work for the nausea. Um, cause all you do is throw it back up. So, um, we would just go back and we, we, you know, we just kind of listened every time we went back, we would say, what can we do? What should we be doing? And, and that was the best we could do. And that was tough because you're kind of left on your own in some respects, um, because, you know, we had COVID situation, so that didn't help matters. So they wouldn't admit him to care for him. Um, so we kept getting sent back home after he would get the IV fluids. Um, and then the, the cycle would just keep going. So, you know, the mounting hospital bills um, for each ER trip um, and all of that, um, you just, you do the best you can and you just try to take care of him every step of the way and just do the best you can. Yeah. Lots of internet research too. I'm glad you found some stuff on there. I mean, yeah. on our website, everybrainmatters.org, we have a science section and a section on CHS. And then we have this really great blog we just released called Think You Know, Can Marijuana Make You Sick? And it just really lays out the science of it all. And, um, and so, you know, we're just trying to raise awareness too. And we just, we're so grateful that a family like yours um, has, has come forward and spoken. It's interesting that um, I was sitting here thinking, well, why didn't they, you know, admit him to the hospital, you know, and get him really, you know, hydrated and stabilized. I just, you know, with COVID, it just makes everything a thousand times worse, right? And and so the fact that he survived at home um, and, and did not go into kidney failure and had the support of his family is a miracle in itself. And so um, I think to our viewers, we just need to, uh, let them know to advocate. Um, keep going back to the ER. Um, there's only so long somebody can go without fluids and nutrition, um, and it can happen within a minute, you know, hours, days, even minute by minute. Because I know the one mom I just spoke to, Regina Denny, she really thought her son was okay, and it just has, he just, you know, he died in her bedroom. So um, it just happened really, really fast. So um, Nathan, you are just awesome and and courageous and, and an inspiration to all of us because um many of us have been speaking out about this for many years and, and got a lot of slack for it but now that somebody like you who's young and has experienced it has survived it um your voice is going to go far so thank you thank you and thank you lisa for your courage and strength too and and your your guidance to these families who have a loved one suffering we really appreciate you being here Thank you. Thank you for all you guys are doing as well. Join us next time on the next Every Brain Matters podcast as we talk to Lori, another person who has experienced cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome from marijuana use. Subscribe to our channel and give us a good review. Until next time, we'll see you then. Bye-bye.